Today we breathe deeply. And it works. It does. It's it is the New Year's episode of the Coldy Oatmeal Podcast. And our good friend, uh, Chris Johnson from On Target Living is back with us. He has been with us a couple of times now, coming out of the coming out of a year and starting a new year. A nice old tradition we have here, I think, of of kind of starting off on the right foot. Chris has a new book out. Um, and we're gonna he's gonna talk to us about what the last year has been like pandemic wise, a little vaccine talk, talk about his book. It's always good to talk to Chris. So that's what it is. It's a New Year's episode of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Yep, I got it all. We got it. so you What do you want to do now? Was why don't we do this at the beginning of the Kurt episode? Okay. We'll put get Kurt put Kurt to bed. Nighty night, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the intro. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. That was incredibly creepy. <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rest Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his It's, on it's his always here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like 1 to 10. I mean, it's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, There's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and... Maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> Welcome back. It is the New Year's episode of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team. Uh, we're a public affairs and a public relations firm in Lansing, Michigan. It's great to be back with you. It's 2022. Yeah. Finally. Woohoo! Thank God. <laughs> you're, you're really... <laughs> I just caught this the other day that 2022, like it, it you could, you know, put a comma and add T-O-O, yeah. and that just sort of lowered my expectations for the year. <laughs> yeah, 2022, yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, you can find us online at uh, reststrategies.com. All of our podcasts are there. Uh, also at the cold oatmeal uh, podcast.com. Uh, uh, they're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, at reststrategies. And uh, podcast has a little Twitter account at Cold Oatmeal Pod. So, a new year, same familiar faces. Let's go around the room. Nikki O'Mara. Nick DeLue. Anna. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, come on. You <laughs> leave Anna us hanging. What? I'm like Madonna. I have one name. <laughs> no one's going to know like who you are now. You go away for two you're weeks like and you Glad come back with one name? Yep. <laughs> it was a deliberate decision. Anna Heaton. Anna Heaton. Anna Heaton. <laughs> Carly Buell. Joe Bashy. Okay, so we are back. It is it is a new year, and we are going to kick off the year uh, with an old friend. Uh, Chris Johnson is going to be with us. He's always good. Always. Right. I always like talking to Chris. Yeah. I, you know, I was listening to, I was listening, because he comes on around New Year's, and this will be the third time he's come on for a, a New Year's podcast. And I was listening to kind of in, in show prep, because I, I take a lot of time to get ready for these. Uh, yeah, always. Very prepared. I was listening to last last year's episode, and Joe, I think it may have been the most animated I have heard you be <laughs> in a year, maybe. In, in, I think, a year. I was like, wait, who's that talking all the time? Who's asking all those questions? It's weird, right? Who's really engaged? It is weird. Who's really engaged in what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that voice you never hear? <laughs> you were in, you were totally into it. 
I don't know. I mean, I just like you have a different look on your face when Chris walks in the room. Mm-hmm. Like you just you just light up. It's like ah, Chris is back. And yeah, I just fan I just, girl moment. I just like him a lot, and I, I and I and I buy like just about everything that comes out of his mouth. So I just he's a fun person to listen to for me. So he's like you with Joe Short. Yeah, Joe Short. We should <laughs> so have, sad I missed that. We one. should have him on together. Is there anyone, I mean, has anyone else had a, a fan boy girl experience with one of our podcast guests? Well, Nick did just a couple weeks ago. Oh, Ben Solis. You know, I mean, we just, we vibe, but I wouldn't, I, I don't think I fangirled over Ben. I just like it. From your, from your perspective. From my, okay. <laughs> I like the U of M social media one because it was relevant to me. Oh yeah, that's, she's, yeah, she's right up your alley. But I think that's it. Yeah, you're pretty. So much that you remember her name. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. Um, she has the same name as you. How would you forget? She does. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. What's her last name? Sundstrom. Good job. What's her? What's her first name? <laughs> 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 Sorry, ask. Let's guess. She was fun too. Yeah, I know you're right. And get used to that name because she's going to be in Congress eventually. Yeah. Anna has not been with us long enough. To, you don't have a, a fan guest moment. You've only had f- Kurt Berryman. See your fan. Your fan. No, he was Stephanie's. Okay. She was freaking out over that. I it's, mean, it's I the one podcast she was that. on in 2021. True, but no, I haven't. I mean, you haven't taken any of my suggestions yet, though. So <laughs> oh, I know. Well, new he year, doesn't. He doesn't. You'll so get used to it. <laughs> you'll, you'll find that I don't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. But uh, Chris is back, and uh, he is good. He's got a new book. It's called Rest, Eat, and Move. Um, you can you can pause the podcast right now and go and buy it and then come back and you can listen to him talk about it. It's on uh, ontargetliving.com and it's Chris Johnson. So Chris Johnson, CEO of On Target Living, thanks for being back. This is kind of a, has become a New Year's tradition. You are our, this has been I think the third time you will be on as around the holidays coming out of the, the Christmas break and starting off a new year. And I was actually listening to our conversation last year this morning before I, I was getting ready and I want to see what your thoughts are as we can compare where we were last year and, and this year on, on all things but it's good to see you yeah and I one of the things I love about doing podcasts with you guys but we have everybody in the same room and I've done mon- multiple podcasts before we have our own but um, when you put in six plus myself in the same room it's pretty <laughs> it's pen- pretty energizing which is a pretty <laughs> yeah no it's awesome I love it so um, no, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, I, I think in our business, like your business, we've had to pivot. Um, we've done about 500 webinars to date since COVID, and our live events are starting to come back, which is really exciting for me. I've done seven live events, and so I think that's the big change. And we're bringing groups into our facility, which we hadn't done a long time. So that we're really excited about 2000. You know, this year 2022 should be a a fantastic year and I think people are you know lots of changes have through the medical world today um, we still don't quite understand uh, what's happening but really what we promoted and what we talked about last time is how to take care of yourself and that self-care and that's what we all have control over and I think that's more and more people are starting to understand that um, mentality moving into uh, this year. Well, I want to ask you because you got to have a book that just came out. We want to talk about that here in a minute. But when we talked last year, um, and I think they're just recently posting pictures of the year anniversary of the vaccines leaving Kalamazoo, 
when we were talking, we we were I was listening this morning. I was like, you know, the vaccines are starting to go in people's arms. Predictions: March, April, May, we're all going to be back to normal again. Um, you know, I guess for those who are vaccinated, things are somewhat kind of back to normal, but not what I think any of us expected a year ago when we had this thing. So, I'm, from a health perspective, as someone who works with people about their health, where do you think? How do you compare where we were the last year to where you think we are this year? I think we're in a much better spot. I think there's um, less unknowns, but still a lot of unknowns out there. And so I, I really, I think people are less afraid. And I think that's a good thing because, you know, fear doesn't really do anything except cause us to go sideways. Um, so I, I think there's some real hope out there. And I think when people have hope, that's really, that's the magic of always the new year is people have more hope. So I'm hoping that's uh, people in their mind, but I've seen that from our business that people really are starting to create, they're starting to feel better about the world, and I think that's always a good thing. So I'm very optimistic. I, that's the way I roll, but I, that's what I've seen. And, um, and I think if people are afraid if you keep dig- digging down, like I talk about that in my new book, but... If you feel like that, you really have to reframe your conversations in your mind. And so when I sit down with people and they call us up and they talk us about this and that, I really start driving down like I'm a you know second grader. You know why is the sky blue? And as they keep dr- drilling down, they realize that the you know the boogeyman is not as scary as they they thought. So so that's what we try to convey. But really gets back to the immune system. How does it work? People need to be more educated. What they can do to, to take care of that themselves. And nobody's a greatest, greater advocate for your health than you. And I think that's what we're trying to, and hopefully the pandemic will create that awareness for a lot of people. So you're optimistic. <clears throat> Maybe it's just my mood. I, I have, <laughs> I have, I have a theory. Is it we're in not different parts the, of Lansing? Not to be the Debbie is. Downer of the, but I I welcome your optimistic perspective on this because I was in a meeting not long ago and people were talking about well you know when a year from now when we're out of this you know <laughs> kids will be such and such and we'll get back to normal and things and and. And it struck me, and it hit me, and I just kind of blurted it out. I said, nothing is, this experience has created a generation of people. Is affected, and this is not going to be a, a one-year thing or a two-year thing. This could be a 40-year thing. This is the kind of thing like, well, you know why grandma is that way? Because she, you know, she lived through the Great Depression. This is one of those kinds of things. And one thing I fear, especially as this thing continues to drag on and on and on, is that we have a generation of hypochondriacs. People who are terrified of, of sickness, that maybe they didn't have before. And I just, again, as someone who talks to people about their health, and you, are, you just said you're optimistic. I'm, change my mind, <laughs> please, <laughs> please help me. Well, you're exactly right, but at the same time, I mean, the thing we try to always look at is, you know, how do you raise the tides, and how, how do you do that? And so, whether I'm you know, traveling or whatever, but you have these conversations with people, why, why are you so fearful? And so I start asking those questions, tell me why you're so fearful. And when you start really dr- drilling down, they don't really know why they're so fearful. And you're exactly right. You know, I was in the depression, so I'm really conservative with my money. And that's the same thing you're going to find today. But at the same time, there's so much lack of knowledge about health. I mean, the two things I talk about every single day is you know, medical illiteracy, and I talk about financial illiteracy, and that runs our world, but we don't understand. I mean, the average 65-year-old doesn't have 10 grand in the bank. Why is that? And so the same things go if I ask people about their 
you know, their immune system, their hematology, they have never even heard about that. You know, the, the, the human body turns over 1 million white blood cells every 10 seconds. Every 10 seconds. The human body turns over 20 million red blood cells every 10 seconds. What does that mean? That means the body's constantly rejuvenating itself. And so when people, I never knew that. Well, okay, so how you live your life, you can go in this direction or you can go in this direction because your hazmat suit is your immune system. So, again, that's really where I try to come at it. Like, let's get a, and always knowledge doesn't always change people's thinking, but, you know, it's, it's the beliefs they have, which is really, so I have a chapter in my new book called Box of Beliefs, and so I try to let people just let it air out for a second, and then when they do that. But you can't always control that. And so to me, it's like, you know, next, okay, who else can wants to be helped and who wants to go in that direction? There's a whole movement that I think wants to. Mm-hmm. So, But there is going to be those doom and gloom, chief dark clouds out there. That's just what it is. So, so Rest, Eat, and Move is the name of your book. It just came out. What's the, what's the gist? What's the thing? Rest, eat, move. There you yeah, go. I've got an idea. <laughs> there's, a, there's a hint on the cover. You know, we're always trying to uh, You know, we're always trying to hide behind. You know, like we're we're not really a wellness company. We're health and performance. But when I call it what it is, which is, we talk about. You know, I talk about behavior at the beginning. Your health begins in your mind because it does. What you're talking about right now, and then I go into. I spent the first six chapters talking about behavior and. How does that work and subconscious system, how we build habits and all that kind of stuff that that was the hardest part of the, about writing the book was the beginning. But then we go into the resting and the understanding stress, which we're talking about right now. If your nervous system is out of balance, you can't have a good immune system. So your gut gets unhealthy. So without getting too deep in the weeds, but we talk about breathing and I talk about sleeping and then I talk about space. And so space is where people don't have enough space today. So and then like the eating. Room. Yeah, and the eating, <laughs> yeah. we get into the microbiome yeah. in the gut, and we get into, you know, carbs, proteins, and fats, and fasting, and all that. And then the movement is, and then the last couple sections, or seven sections, I talk about um, know your numbers, and understand that piece, and body care, and then we finish up with motivation, and, you know, it's all about the climb. And the longer I've been doing this, life is about the climb. And we're all going to talk about the climb at the end of our life, and that's the magic it's not planting the flag at the top of the mountain. It's the climb. So I think when people start getting their mind wrapped around, all the good stuff is right now, and it's the climb. It's the it's the you know it's the it's the raining, and then people want to hide from the rain. That the rain's the good stuff sometimes. So I think sometimes the worst things that happen to us in life sometimes are the best. So it's that struggle. It's that stuff, and so that's what the last section's all about. And that's my favorite section by far. I've never really got to talk about that. So you mentioned, mentioned the mental part of it and the stress part of it. And you also said at the beginning that you're starting to get back out on the road. And you've done, what was, you said, seven Seven live events. events. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe you've gotten the same in, uh, feedback through your webinars and your Q&As. But have you sensed a difference in the questions you're getting this year as opposed to 18 months ago? Are there, different, like, are there more stress questions or more mental health questions? Oh, for sure. Yeah, everything right now is stress and mental health. It's their number one seminar. So people don't understand it. I get so excited when I got, hey, t- and I have two webinars today, and I get to talk about that. <laughs> and Let's so, talk about stress. I, and, and so I want to educate you about it, and most people don't understand it. So when you feel physically, if you feel threatened, doesn't matter what's real or not, your body's going to react the same way. And the diseases of today are much deadlier than they were 100 years ago. 
so the bubonic plague and typhus and that doesn't hold a candle to what we're facing today, which is cancer and heart disease and digestive health issues and mental health. So what does stress do to your body? It breaks it down. So every 90% of all diseases are basically linked to stress. So the first thing that happens when you get in fight or flight, your hormones start to go crazy. Your breathing can become shallower. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Digestion shuts down. Pupils dilate, muscles contract, blood pressure goes up, heart rate goes up. It's physical. So when I tell people, if I was asking every one of you in this room, what is stress? And your answer would be, it's, it's, it's physical. That's it. So if you feel threatened, the body's going to react physically, and that's what's breaking us down. Then I'm going to have problems with sleeping, and the list goes on. And so no wonder today we're having all these mental health challenges. Mm. Because and is inflammation in there as well? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like those are connected. So when people hear of anxiety, what is anxiety? It's just a imbalance of the nervous system. So I go at it from the scientific. Hey, the, just to let you know what anxiety is, the fear of the future. Like, mm. Mm. Really? Yeah, that's fear of the future. So then you talk about can you reframe that conversation, which is not always easy to do. And then secondly, do you have strategies along the way? Again, this is what you guys do for, is changing how you breathe. The fastest way to calm the mind and relax the body is changing how you breathe. But it's a skill. And again, we have to, it's not what we know, it's what we practice. Mm -hmm. So yoga, or uh, yoga. Anna teaches yoga. So she knows all about the breathing, the I breathing. assume. Yeah. yeah so, Anna, so when you put people in a position that's pretty demanding, mm -hmm. you would say, breathe through the stretch. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. It does help. Breath first, then movement. It's always breath first. Mm -hmm. So, the hierarchy needs always begins with breath. And then we move up to sleeping and hydration and just keeps moving up. So as, as and again, you guys get this, but why aren't we teaching this stuff in elementary school? That's my challenge. That's what my goal. That's, the, that's why I wrote the book. I'm like, let's get this out there and help everybody have these basic needs taken care of. And again, it's not about being perfect. You guys, you guys know that's not my message or our message. So, But yeah, the conversations are completely different. They're all about mental health, but we don't understand it. And we're coming at it from like, okay, so if you don't sleep, here's Ambien. Well, I had a guy that had hiccups for th two and a half years. Can you imagine that? Two and a half years. I, I, that sounds two terrible. Sounds awful to me. And he's heavily medicated and all these things, seen all these different doctors, but nobody ever went to the very beginning and tell me about your stress. Tell me, tell me about how you breathe. I said, have you ever heard about the vagus nerve? He has no idea what I'm talking. I'm like, are you kidding me? You have hiccups, which is a spasm, spasm of the vagus nerve. Nobody ever talked to him about this. So I'm talking to him, him and his wife, about this stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's like when I first met Joe. <laughs> I'm like, how can they heavily medicate this guy? He's in a schizophrenic medication at the end mm -hmm. because he doesn't sleep anymore. He's losing his mind. And so six months later, he hasn't, he hasn't eaten a fruit in five years because he was on a high-protein, no-carb diet. So, again, mental health, all the stuff that goes with it. We had I had to talk him off the cliff. And the next thing you know, he doesn't have hiccups. And I'm like... Wow, how can we not know this stuff? How are we not sharing this with versus just here's the medication? So how much of illness, physical illness, do you out there starts with something mental? Almost all of it. Because when you really think about the demand, so a stressor's over here. Everybody in this room has different stressors. So what makes Joe upset, make Nick upset, right? We all have that. That's personalities and whatever. But at the same time, if 
if if e, if any of us in this room feel threatened, something's bothering you, the body's going to react that way. So you can imagine during the day, especially with COVID, you know, I mean, I was putting my money in the meter and it says happy holidays. You know, the, you don't have to pay right. anymore, right? So that's, oh, I gave a smile to my face. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But the point of it is, is that everything around us, you can see, especially during what we've been going through, can lead up to that. And then the body wrecks physically. So that's really, it's a skill. We need to learn. We need to teach the skill. We work with Dr. Phil Nuremberger. He's one of my colleagues I worked with forever. I talk about him in the book. Um, but he really turned me on to this whole world because I was always the exercise guy, the nutrition guy, you know, the resting and the breathing. I wasn't really part of my radar screen. But then I did a training with him for like 10 years in a row. And I'm like, holy cow, this is interesting. And then when I learned it myself and I would teach it to my clients, we're on to something here. So, But, yeah, everything – that's how – the foundation because, again, when the gut – and we've all done this before. When we feel like we're under the gun or whatever, we don't really care about eating or their digestion's messed up. And then that leads to all sorts of problems in the body. So that's kind of how it begins. So that's why we put rest first versus eating and so when we're introduced sometimes they'll say and he's going to talk about eating and moving and resting no 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 it's going to be resting eating and moving there's a progression to this 85 percent of our population doesn't move so why are we talking about movement mm -hmm. let's talk about resting what we're not doing enough of is rest and rejuvenation it reminds me when we had kids and how the most important thing they tell you to do is teach your baby how to sleep well, it's interesting, you know, <laughs> Nick and I were talking about that with his his kids, and he's in a great spot, what, a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old? Yes, sir. And so I have five grandkids now, and they're all under five. So when we get together, everything revolves around nap time, bedtime, everything. <laughs> right. You know, grandpa has no say in nothing. It's just like, what's what's happening here? But of course, that's how that's how it rolls. And mm -hmm. so we, we, again, without getting into the weeds too much, but that's what we need to think about as a society when people have more recovery, they're more resilient. And if they're more resilient, then, you know, life gets better. And so that's why we talk about, when you talk about Navy SEAL training, how do the Navy SEALs get people to tap out? They just take away the rest. Simple. I don't care how tough you are, how much willpower you have, you take away certain components for a human being, you're going to fall apart. And that's, that's what's falling apart right now in our world is we don't, are not getting enough rest and rejuvenation. So that's why we lead with rest. Because if the immune system is not, if the rest isn't in place, the immune system is not going to be good. And that's more than just sleep. Yes. Mm -hmm. And sleep's the best way to recover. But at the same time, the easiest thing to teach anybody is just doing a one-minute breath break. Because that instantly changes, the vagus nerve instantly changes the nervous system to start calming down. When the nervous system is out of balance, everything's going to go sideways. And that's anxiety. So if you're teaching anybody about anxiety, you just teach them how to breathe right from the beginning. My doctor just taught me how to pick up Lexapro. <laughs> <laughs> but, Nick, that's so true because that's what I saw with this gentleman in, 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 with the hiccups. I mean, he was, I mean, without getting in, but I wrote about it in the book because all the medications he's on, I started asking better questions. And so that's what we need to do. And, and again, I, I talk about that and about the medical world that you can't beat the medical world up because the way it's set up, you have a 15-minute visit, you can't fix broken sleep and hormonal imbalances and, you know, go through the list. 
And that's what I deal with every day. Sometimes it takes me, and Joe knows this because we've done this before, it might take me an hour just to kind of get a, a, a little navigate of where we're at, what the landscape looks like, versus here's the medication. That's not going to fix the problem. Could be temporarily, could be short-term, could be part of the solution, but that's never going to. The human body is incredible in its ability to heal and self-correct. So I'm 64, been doing this 35 years. I've never been more passionate about that because I've seen major transformations with people. And you're going to live forever, right? <laughs> I mean, because so, it's mild, baby. I don't want to live forever. This isn't a visual medium, obviously, but you don't look 64. I mean, you look, you know, four, you look my age, you look 42, <laughs> 43. Well, well the, the thing is, too, sometimes it's not about aging longer. It's about the quality of life. And I think as we all work hard in our world, but we don't want to. I wrote a chapter called Ducks in the Frozen Pond. I don't really want to. I don't want to give up certain things before I have to, you know? So I think that's what people want, and they want to age well. And I don't know anybody that doesn't want to feel good. And that's the tagline of my book. You have the power to feel your best. People want to feel good. They just do it different ways. So that's that's the tagline. I don't know if you, you – this is more of an anecdotal thing. You probably don't have any data on this. But I'm, the people who you work with and follow and you know, follow the tenets of your – or your, your book and what you've been talking about. How healthy have they been? How have they fared over the last year and a half? Well, you're creating capacity. You're creating resiliency. And so they have the skills. And so now they have the skills to handle certain things. If you don't have the skill, like I tell a story about when I went to uh, Cedar Point. And this, the kids were in middle school, you know, a little, little older than what your kids are now. But we're going to Cedar Point. I don't have the skill set. I don't have this training. This is a long time ago. My kids are 35 now. And I tell a story like we're driving in, and I don't like heights. And I see the Millennium Forest from, you can see it forever, right? <laughs> and my daughter and her girlfriend are so excited to get on that thing. And my son instantly and his friend says, I'm out, Dad. I'm out. And then my wife says, I'm out too, and now I have to take them on this ride. <laughs> and so we approached the Millennium Force, and I've never been that I, – I didn't understand what was happening to me. My stomach was in a knot. I was sweating. I could barely talk. I was trembling. And my daughter thinks this is the best thing ever. And so I get on the Millennium Floor, Force, and you go up 30 stories, and you pauses at the top and comes down 93 miles an hour, and – I get done and I, I, I'm actually shaking and I'm sweating and I'm a mess. And my wife says to me, what happened to you? And I'm like, I just went in this millennium force. <laughs> but I tell that story because I physically was a mess because it was all in my mind and whatever, but it never hit me before like that. So mm -hmm. I realized very quickly that and I, if I would have had the skill to manage that that would have probably been a whole nother experience but as a society we don't have the skill and if you don't have the skill then when that thing happens to you now you're in trouble what would you have done taken a few deep breaths oh for sure i would reframe the conversation with myself i'm with my daughter it's going to be awesome experience you know what am i afraid of you know i would have had those conversations with myself and then i would have worked on my breathing and you wouldn't have said, why don't we just go get some ice cream instead? Let's go yeah. get some ice cream. Or I'd probably try to talk <laughs> them out of it, right? <laughs> I had an experience like that with my dad in a roller coaster, but then I just pointed to the six-year-old next to me, and I said, hey, if she can do it, you can do it. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, yeah, I can't. <laughs> and he had a really good time. <laughs> and that's the conversation. So, again, it's a skill that people are, especially corporate America right now, many businesses are doing fantastic, but their people are just getting crushed. 
because they don't have the skills. And so one of the things we lead sometimes in the organizations, like if your greatest asset, if you looked at around this room right here, the greatest asset in your organization is all you, right? But the greatest asset of you is your health. So that's how we come at it. Like, okay, if your greatest asset is your people, what are we doing for your people? And so that's really how we're leading now um, in 2022 is like, okay, it's been a tough couple of years. Let's go after your people and help them and, and create these skills and make it simple, make it easy and do, you know, our whole mantra is, you know, building habits one step at a time. Because this, as you see, that book is 365 pages. <laughs> There's a lot of information in there, but that's a guidebook. It's not meant to, it's a guidebook. So, so that's, that's the challenge we're, we're facing today is we don't have the skill set. So I want to I want to wade into a delicate topic here, and I don't want to get into the politics of vaccines because that's all nasty and, and not productive. But I am, as you've watched, you know, Michigan's what we're like fifty something, fifty six, fifty seven percent of folks have gotten the, their full set of vaccinations, and it's it's we're low on this the national list there. As someone who talks to people about their health all the time, are you surprised? at people's reluctance or at their questions or at how this how this is all played out no i'm not i'm not surprised no i'm not surprised at all um i mean there are people who are who are willingly walking away from their jobs and other things because they just don't want to get a shot and we can all and and i've been hesitant myself to try to put myself in other people's brains and know what they're thinking but i mean that's a pretty drastic step well i think i think if if we could go back in time the way we would again it's easy to be that you know sunday quarterback but or monday quarterback or whatever but the point of it is is that if we could go back in time we probably would have start we would have better educate we still struggle with education right and so really, everybody, hey, everybody, how do we do this? We need to have the, the whole immune system health issue is, is higher, higher than the vaccine, vaccine conversation. But we never did. We ne- still don't. And so you don't have anybody, like everybody, you got to start taking, you know, are you consuming oranges for vitamin C? Are you consuming vitamin D3? I mean, that's why we promote our cod liver oil. Are you getting outside and get some daily movement? Are you changing how you breathe? We're not having that conversation. So when you think about the vaccine, that's over here, and people think, "Well, I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be good." Well, no, not necessarily. What if you did? What if you did both? If that's what you want to do, or if you're not going to do the vaccine, you better be doing this over here. So that's where I think the conversation has to go. So people ask me all the time. I mean, this is a conversation we get all the time. What do you think about the vaccine? And I've had it up on stage. I mean, I did a event in California live 1200 people in the audience asking me this on stage I'm like okay what am I gonna say here (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised California let 1200 people in a a building together well it was interesting because in Dana Point in Carlsbad 35 miles away completely different mentality one was the tables were nine miles apart and everybody was masked and you know and then the other one was nothing you're right on top of each other no mask and so it's that all right it's all over the place right so to me it's like okay if we're not forced to do anything, nobody wants to be forced to do anything, right? So that's really where it, it, I think it went sideways at the beginning. Let's talk about it. What's it. What is in a vaccine? What are you afraid of? You know, let's get into that. But we never had that conversation. There was a lot of, you know, misinformation and still is. Um, I remember Joe Rogan talking to uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta on his podcast, and it was some interesting dialogue. 
you know, so Joe's saying no, and that's and he's not an anti-vaxxer. He just was like, you know, I got COVID, so I have antibodies build up. But let's talk about that. We don't understand that. So I think people really, if you're not vaccinated, um, you, and again, people just don't understand this, but we really need to pay attention. I mean, we're not talking about diabetes in this country today. You know, it's a $450 billion industry in the United States. You know, it used to be one in 4,000 people had diabetes in 1960, and today it's one in 10 trending to one in four. Why aren't we talking about that conversation? So when you look at these things going on out there, it really gets back to health versus just the, you know, the, the, the virus. Because this isn't the only virus we're going to have in our lifetime. And so I think that's the conversation that has to happen. But as you guys are, everybody has their own beliefs. And so it's really hard. Let's just have some better dialogue and let allow people to be more curious and having better conversations. Because you have, I've seen both extremes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the challenge out there. It's like it, the answer is always somewhere in the middle. Right. And so that's really we have to come together as a, as a planet. Let's just have better dialogue, understand it. Um but as a, as a world, we need to be healthier, and we're not. We keep moving in a bad direction because of stress and because of this and because of how we're living our lives, and we're going too fast, and we need to slow down. So I think that's part of the, you know, a, a long answer for um, a question that I don't think anybody has the answer to. But I think everybody has to step back personally and say, hey, how can I take better care of myself so I have a better you know, I'm not spreading or I'm not doing things with other people. I'm trying to do that. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't have the answer. I just, I always go back to understand what is in the vaccine, which we don't know. What is a vaccine? What, how does it work? Let's be more educated in that space. How's the immune system work? Cause there's a lot of good stuff on it in the immune system. And then what can I do as an individual or a family to, to move a little bit better, move, move, move in a healthier direction. I think it's crazy how few people actually know how to rest or relax. Like, that's a learned behavior. Um, I don't think I I ever saw my parents relax. <laughs> and I think that's maybe generational. But same thing teaching yoga. Like, when people come in and you give them permission, okay, now we're just going to breathe and we're just going to, like, relax. And you see their whole body start to, like, oh, I get to relax. Yeah, we have people when we come into our training – and we'll run them through some breathing exercise, and you can see them squirming. They cannot do this. And I'll say to some of them, hey, how long were we working on our breath? And some of them will say, wow, that, how long was that? And I go, that was two minutes. And some will say, God, I thought it was like 15 minutes because they're just going crazy. Their nervous system is, you know. Imagine taking your car and putting an accelerator down, and it's just sitting in the garage. That's what a lot of people are doing. So you're exactly right. <laughs> it's, it is just, that's the biggest thing. And that's why our webinars on rest and stress is, have resonated so much. Like, I can't sleep anymore. I can't relax. I'm like, yeah, because you don't know how. And you don't give yourself permission. Right. You know, I always say that the time you love to waste is not wasted time. And so that's, that's to me, is like, no, let's just take your phone and put it out, out over there. Let's not use your phone for a second. What do you mean not use your phone? Let's not use the phone for two seconds. Right. So we'll do that. Some of our groups and I'll say, okay, give me the phone, put them in a basket. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, take your phone, put it in a basket for the next 
30 minutes, we're not going to be on our phones. So that's going to be harder for them breathing for a lot of. For, oh, <laughs> for yeah. And now they become anxious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, now, now, now you're going to make them breathe. <laughs> you're some sort of torture person, yeah. Chris. But it is. It's just that awareness. Like, we're, you know, when you think about getting together in family functions, whatever, like put the phone away just for two seconds. I haven't seen you in three years. So, well, my 14 year old is case number one example that when you have a phone in your hand, your brain turns off. Oh, for sure. <laughs> turns off. It does not function when you're looking at well, the phone. Well, I get nervous about our next generation with my grandkids. They're now stimulated by, yeah. you know, all the little games around this. I go, okay, that's, you know, so. It, it ages me. It shows my age pretty fast. I'm like, let's just look at each other and breathe and talk and have games and yeah. So, but yeah, I think Come over to Grandpa's house. We're gonna breathe. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting. Like I take my dog Floyd for a walk outside, and I I would never take my phone with me. Yeah. It's his time to shine, and it's yeah. my time to just kind of hang out. And you know, I'm and I'm blessed to be in a very um, nature nature preserve that Joe's been over there before. But yeah, it's just. You're exactly right. It's we're not we're not giving ourselves permission to chill out, and we well, need to do that. Up until the the pandemic sort of changed things, my boys to karate, and the you look around at at that age group, the parents were encouraged to sit along the side and and watch, and the sensei thought that that was important for the parents to watch their ch- so that the, when the kids look over, they're getting that parental engagement, the approval. Oh, my mom's paying attention to how I'm doing, and uh, and I was always amazed at the wall of parents staring down at their phones instead of watching their kids. And I always think of it like we had screens when I was a kid too, little screens. They were Game Boys or remember the Tiger games, the Tiger handheld, like um, you know, that, like Double Dragon, you know, mm-hmm. two buttons, you know. And so we had little things, but the idea that we would ever take that out somewhere and play with it in public, like we couldn't take our Game Boy in public. And so the sensei wound up saying something like, parents, no more phones. You'll have to put your phones away. Take this time. Just watch your children. Relax. Get off the screens. He's having a lecture, you know, 50-year-old people on, on screens. And Did the parent audience dwindle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Groaned. <Yeah>. But, <laughs> but, Nick, that's such a good thing because imagine as the parents now, it's that memories. That doesn't last long. No, so I, absolutely not. It's a short little window, so you might just... the choir. I was yeah. soaking it. Let's, in, just, you know? let's <laughs> enjoy this <laughs> Nick time. Nick would never have not his ever. phone no, out. not at so, karate practice. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's the stuff. I think, again, it's just an awareness like, hey, what's happening? And you know when you go out to lunch or dinner with people and they got their phone right there, I'm like, why is that phone there? Yeah. You know, sometimes I call them out on the rug on that. Why, why is that phone there? Well, I'm, you know... I'm, I'm very important. Justin. <laughs> Where's your phone? My wife will say, didn't you get my phone call? No, my phone's in the car, honey. I'm out here doing this for the next five hours, you know? So. Anna, did you, how long have you been doing yoga? Uh, really doing it? Four years. Why did you start? To relax. To give my... It's it's a learned behavior, and I didn't know how to do it. And I was in a really stressful job, and so I started with going every Sunday. I'd get the Sunday scaries before Monday, and I'd go, and just that was my time. And then I started getting more into it. When I think of yoga, I do not think of relaxing. It hurts. There's I get it. There's like different. I get the breathe through it, and the, that it's supposed to be calming. But <laughs> <laughs> when I've done yoga a few times, it's hurt. It's worse what, than any. Like, do you burpees. know what kind you were doing? 
P90X. <laughs> that's not yoga. Know. There is. There's a yoga <laughs> disc well, on that. This, so this is a long time ago. This is years yoga and years or something. There's a lot of different kinds. It hurt. And it was a 90-minute disc. But you're, you're exactly right. I've, like, I've done that. If one. you're looking at that, it might be a fitness yoga, but that's not really traditional. What right. You're, and so when you think about yoga, like I will take the, is it the yin? Mm-hmm. And so the yin is just, oh, you would love the yin. It's just <laughs> love the yin. Love the yin. So when you're doing yin, yin <laughs> that to me, that's what I want the most because that's what I love holding these poses and, and re, you know trying to allow the body to relax and recover. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of different, you know, and I didn't, you know, my, my daughter teaches yoga. Okay. And so, you know, I've learned a lot over the years and Tony Thomas, and there's a lot of yoga, great yoga instructors in this community. Um, so I've learned a lot along the way because I used to think of like Joe, it's yeah. just a fitness. So we used to take it at the Mac and, you know, kind of, it's kind of hard and the women are doing things I can't even think about doing. And I'm like, you know, what's wrong with me and judging yourself. And then you realize, well, that's not really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So I've learned a lot over the years of mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then we pr- we pr- promote a lot of yoga movements mm-hmm. and then how to breathe into those movements and things like that. It's like today I have a webinar on on movement mindset and it's going to be some of those simple movements that re- help restore the body. So as I get older, I spend more time re- trying to restore my body than trying to beat up my body. Right. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? So. And that's a question I get a lot. Like, hey, what do you do as you get older? Yeah, we just need to spend more time restoring the body and help you move better. And I think that's what's kind of missing out there, too. I think people are either exercising for a lot of reasons, and it's always the hard, like redlining, I call it, versus movement is the number one benefit of what it does is for what it does for your mind. Right. It starts with mindfulness. And motion creates positive emotion. Mm-hmm. So why aren't our society moving? And so we don't have a mindset around movement, which is really a five to 10 minute mindset. You know, if you could get everybody on our planet to move their body for five to 10 minutes regularly, you'd see a lot of changes from a mental health standpoint. What have you seen? So we've, we've spent a lot like the last, I hate to f- focus on this all the time, but we've spent last a lot of people in their houses for the last 18 months or maybe they've gotten out a little bit, but presumably moving less because they don't have to get up and go to work or go to school or go do the things that they would be doing before and they're they're at home. Are you seeing that a lot of people thought that oh this is much more relaxing. I can I don't have to go to the stress of work but No, I think the the thing, thing the big thing you're saying right now is there's not a lot of closing the door to the end of the day. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. So we need to close the door to the end of the day because if you're working at home, Stephanie, you need to, you know, <laughs> have that Aww. end of the day. But a big part of that is you probably want to carve out a small space to move your body. So the first thing I talk about is let's talk about a movement mindset. And if you can't walk outside in Michigan, maybe you have a mini trampoline or some really simple things you can do. Um, to, but you've got to create space in your world to do that. Versus, so yes, people are not moving, (laughs) and so how do you get them to move? Because we know that one of the greatest things for mental health is daily movement. And so, whether it's doing some yoga practices at your house, or strength training, or you know, doing some fun stuff, playing—I really am a big fan of play. So, how do you play more? Get adults to play more, because the opposite of play is not work. The opposite of play is depression. So, when we're trying to talk about mental health, let's get everybody to move and that's the thing i work with some people that have mental health challenges they'll come in and they've been over here for a while and i'll bring them in and i start educating them a little bit about we got to get you moving every day and it doesn't have to be hard doesn't have to be long 
It's just that compound interest because motion does create positive emotion. But again, I think of our society, you know, really the numbers are close to 15% move regularly. 85% does not move. How do you define move regularly? Intentionally moving, you know, doing activities you're moving. Some sort of intentional activity, a a walk or an exercise. Yeah, be intentional about it. Go for a 10-minute walk or you're going to stretch or take yoga or go play or whatever it is, but you're intentional about that. Because it's ducks on the frozen pond. As we move less, we will move less. So as our, as we get older, if we're not moving, it will just keep shrinking, and that's what we see more and more. We're just not moving. Sometimes I wonder, what do people do with all their time if they're not moving their body? What are they doing? I don't know. What are they doing? Becoming See, part of the couch. at a screen. <laughs> <Watching> <laughs> yeah. So there's a fine line, too, though, because I have friends during the pandemic who have gotten into, like, biking or running marathons. And at what point are you just putting down the phone and going for a walk and enjoying nature and then it becomes well yesterday I biked 10 miles so now I have to do 12 and I have to and, and it's not relaxing anymore well again people have that mentality whether it's eating or moving or whatever it's like I gotta eat perfect we have a 21 day challenge it's going on right now <laughs> okay what's the 21 day challenge <laughs> it's eating in the green circle for you know 21 days but again same thing with the movement people just get so extreme with everything and that's the problem can you be too healthy? The answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when we teach a lifestyle, we teach a, a fluid lifestyle. You have to pivot, whatever. A rigid lifestyle doesn't work. That's why diets don't work. That's why high-intensity exercise doesn't work. And the more or less. And so when we're working with runners, especially endurance athletes, the first thing I do is I look at their blood work. And I'm going to educate them. The reason you're not getting better is your body's breaking down. Your testosterone level is too low for both men and women. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah. You're t- I had an endurance athlete, woman, a handful of years ago. Her testosterone level was 9, and it should be over 30. <laughs> and she knew she wasn't getting better. That's why she came to see me. And I said, well, it shows you right now you're not getting enough rest. You're overtraining. And so that's what you see, that mentality, more and more and more and more. No, I actually go less, 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 less. And then the people don't move their bodies. I just want you to step into the, put your toe into the water. And it's that fine line. It's the porridge is just right. And that's where you start playing around with it and experimenting. And so, but yeah, people have that mentality. Like, you know, when people are that type A personality, they, they probably drink too much. They don't, they exercise way too much. And they probably, you know, eat perfect. They're doing intermittent fasting. And then they go on the weekend and they drink a lot and eat a bunch of crap. And then they eat perfect during the week and, you can see how this starts. This is not a fluid lifestyle. And I see that too, which is not fun for people. It's two extremes. So so I talk about in the book about redlining. Redlining means exercise intensity is too high. Too high. And when I see redlining, I'm like, that's not going to last. And then their body's breaking down. We did a Battle of the Titans years ago with all these so-called weekend warriors and then we had professional and um, collegiate athletes and we got all got together and I I talk about this story in the book but it it was a two-day like decathlon and there was a handful of events that were absolutely too hard and none of us ever wanted to do it again because the events were just too hard and it was like the going to the Millennium Force everybody knew when it was your time up for this move this activity you were so stressed, and I'm like, I don't ever want to do that again. And that's what's going on out there from an exercise standpoint. I'm going to go super hard, and doesn't it doesn't feel good. 
you know that in yoga it's just the just right or like nick's taking yoga it's just too hard and i've been with nick before like that too i'm like this is just too hard but we need to make movement enjoyable we need to make the eating experience enjoyable we need to make the resting experience enjoyable and when you can do that for people they come back i always ask my clients is this stretch feel good to you and they'll say yeah it feels great i go then they're going to do that again if this stretch is too hard, they're going to go, ah, it doesn't feel good. They're probably not going to do that. If I have you guys belly up to the bar and do wheatgrass and you hate it, probably not going to do it again. Right? True. <laughs> so if you can slowly get people where they're at, because it's all about where you're at, and then slowly bring a couple things to the party. You know, when Joe came over and I was talking about cold oatmeal, he's like, what are you talking about? Oh, you mean we're not going to... You're not gonna make. You're not gonna cook the oatmeal. No, we're not gonna cook the oatmeal. <laughs> and then he was like, "Hmm." Then he started playing around with it. And I remember Nick saying one time, "Do you put cucumbers in your oatmeal?" And Joe goes, "What are you talking about?" But <laughs> Nick had no idea what Joe was putting in the oatmeal. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's not true because we we did the the trip so out to your facility. Uh-huh. So I, yep. I remember yeah, some of the ingredients. So the fight last night we had our. Uh, <clears throat> I guess I'll be dating this conversation, but we had our, our Christmas holiday party, the, the staff of the wind. And I had, I do my wheatgrass. I, I was doing three cubes every morning, and now I do two in the morning and two in the afternoon when I get home. And so I got, I put my two cubes in the glass when I got home, and I had I left on the counter for it to melt. And I apparently forgot it there. And so we got, I got home, and like three hours later from dinner, I'm like, ooh, wheatgrass on the couch. Sweet. This is a nice surprise. I completely forgot this was here. I'm like, did someone else make this? Because I had forgotten I had even. I'd even done it, but nice little surprise. Oh, but, I thought you were going to say, and then it tasted to terrible it. or something. No, it's good. But it's <laughs> so interesting. Good. You know, you're, you're the too? only person on the planet that would come home from something and go, oh, wheatgrass, like, what yeah. a treat. Does anyone else want this? <laughs> <laughs> but it's Just so true because so excited. think about that initially. You know, I've had so many of my friends in this community that had some health issues and would never do the wheatgrass. Tastes terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then they start, and I just, you know, then they get in a position that they think they need to do that. They do it, and they're like, wow, after about a week, I actually like the taste of this. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the putting the toe in the water and just trying things. But everybody's in a different place, and you just have to find where they're at and slowly, you know, help them understand. Because I don't believe anybody wants to feel bad. I don't. I think everybody wants to feel good. So if you want to feel good, What's the next step that you could take? Could be the breathing. It could be doing some 30-second stretches at work. What is it that could help you feel better? I have a question about that because I feel like you're right, but also I feel like a lot of people probably don't even know they feel like crap. I think you just, like, you're living your life and you're like, oh, I'm tired. And I like I don't even think it dawns on them that they don't feel good. So how do you battle that? Because I think that's real, but... And, and also when, when I, cause I, I think sometimes I do feel like crap, but what I think is what do I, what do I want to do next that makes me feel good? I'm thinking, where am jack, I going to order a, my get next get pizza? Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, I've got a, you know, is it going to be Jack's or is it going to be tombstone tonight? Like that sounds good. Well, we did a training for a large financial company, Joe, cause you're right on. And they came in and they brought these top advisors in at a, at a whatever destination. Usually it was a nice hotel. And that's when I met Dr. Phil Nuremberg, and we had a faculty. But I, we had him for two and a half days, and then they came back six months later. And when they first came in, they were just like you. Why, why, why am I here? 
well, you're here because we want you to feel better and perform better, and the list goes on. And most of them didn't really realize that they had a problem, unless it's some major whatever, right? And then they realized over time that, wow, I could, I could, I have a whole another gear of how I could feel. My dad always said that to me, my his entire life. My dad lived, grew up here in Lansing. Um, He worked at Walter Neller just down the street here. You know, my dad was in commercial real estate, and my dad always said to me, he goes. You feel good, don't you? And you go, yeah, I feel good. And he goes, I've never really experienced what feeling good feels like. Mm-hmm. And he never did. But I tried really hard, and I think I overwhelmed him all the time. Dad, you got to do all the stuff. But the point of it is most people don't really. It's a slow decline. That's the ducks in the frozen pond. Why would I want to fly south when I can sit here on this pond? And then the f- pond freezes, and the next thing you know. So that's that's the challenge out there is this self-awareness is where everything begins. And then you can look at people's blood work or one of the things I, I talk a lot in the book, and I'm really excited about that, but I ask, I ask the, the reader a lots of questions. It's going to be on audio too, um, the end of January. But I ask, the, I ask the, the reader, the listener, a lot of questions about themselves on self-awareness, like how many breaths do you take per minute? So if I ask you guys in this room, how many breaths do you take per minute? On average, you probably don't know. If I ask you, you know, um, could you get up and off the floor relatively easy, what would that look like? Could you do certain things, you know? So when you get that self-awareness, then people don't quite realize that, you know, I bring people in and do a wall extension with their arms overhead. They're not even aware that they can't really do that. So then during the day, they probably realize why their necks bother them, their shoulders are bothering them. So we have to create that awareness that maybe they could be better. Yeah. For me, for example, I ruptured my patella tendon 20 years ago playing basketball. Still got three screws in my knee. And I was working with Walt Reynolds, one of the trainers in this community. He's fantastic. And I was training with him one day, and he says, where's your limiting factor back to feeling your best? Because I like playing, and I want to make sure my hamstrings. And He goes, I go, well, I got three screws in my knee. So do you want to improve your flexibility in your knee? I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. I got three screws in my knee. I said it like 10 times to him. He said, Shut up. I'm going to show you where your limiting factor is, and it's your ankle and your feet. So he put me and gave me some exercise from ankle and feet, and as my ankle and feet got better, my mobility and flexibility got better. But did I know that? No, I didn't know that. I kept thinking, well, my limiting factor is my knee, and woe was me. I can't do that anymore. But then he realized, taught me that, hey, it's my ankle, it's my feet. And so now I have a lot less problems than I used to because now I have that awareness that. So everybody has blind spots. But the more you open up their blind spots of what they could feel like, you know, when we all get a good night's sleep and we've eaten relatively decent and move our bodies, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. And you get outside in nature, and we've done it, we've all done that before. But what if we could do that more consistently? And I think that's what more and more people are striving for. Because so, when people feel their best, they are their best. So, Rest, Eat, Move is the new book out from Chris Johnson of On Target Living. Get it on targetliving.com order now it's it's for sale now uh order it up looks good thanks so much for being with us this, is a, this new year's episode it's a good tradition it's good we like having you here so i appreciate send us on our way in the right like way. i love the invitation and um i always like hanging out with you guys so no thanks again appreciate it we'll be right back
Okay, so, so we're making fun of me already. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. It's always good to have Chris back. It always sets up a good little mock session for right. Nick, who proudly yes. announced as he walked in here yesterday that he had what it was. I'm going to eat better, right, this year, and so therefore I did not have my sausage egg and cheese biscuit this morning. Yeah, I mean, but what happened less, this morning? I had one, but it, <laughs> but I hadn't set an explicit goal that I was no longer going How to many have. Of those what do you eat? get to drink with it? A, a large Dr Pepper. How many of those do you eat? Like, how, how many days a week is this your morning? <laughs> Probably three days a week. And All you're having that. this at what, like 8 a.m.? On the drive-in. 8, 8.30 on the drive-in. <laughs> From Burger King, I'm assuming? No, it's McDonald's. Oh. We, oh, McDonald's. We are, I live in Fowlerville, Joe. We're not blessed to have a Burger King. <laughs> a Burger King. Do you town. prefer Burger King to McDonald's? I greatly prefer Burger King to McDonald's. Where does Wendy's rank? Below them both. Oh. I, but mine is the fine. opposite order. You like Wendy's best? Wendy's McDonald's Burger King. No, I could go with that. What is is the ba- is the sausage egg and cheese your go to? I just do or a do sausage you mix biscuit. Oh, no, just sausage. Yeah, just meat in the bun. Just meat. In the bun. <laughs> That's, it doesn't even have cheese. <laughs> no, the, the McDonald's cheese is too salty. I guess I I, I haven't had enough of it to comment. Yeah. I like it. I could believe. Anyhow, it enough about me. Happy New Year. <laughs> so, do you have any new New Year's resolutions, uh, Carly? Boy. No. You're reading more. Are you I'm reading more? To, or you're, 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 I'm going to read the your same amount. Joe read more. Yes, I'm what? encouraging Joe to read more. What is the same amount? My goal is 30 books 30 for the year. 30 books? Wow. Yes. So that's... And I read 35 Ooh. last year. So. Well, shouldn't you set, like, go higher for like 40? I was thinking about it, but then it, I was a little stressed. She becomes too like... Around May, because I was behind. In. And so I'm trying to... Be more leisurely, and if I get more, I'm happy. But I don't want it to like stress me out. Basically, so does, does reading consume all of your free time? No, not your, all, all of it, but a lot time? of it. Yeah, every night before. So bed, like Joe watches F one, but you're reading. I read when he's making dinner. <laughs> yeah, which is he, why my book goal is less. I have also, chores to tend to. Yeah. Well, you could probably read more books if you spent f- made fewer trips to the grocery store. Perhaps. Yes, I read when he goes grocery shopping. I read. You have more. T- he has more TV shows that he's like yeah. watching, like Succession. Whenever he was watching that, I would read. Um, I'm almost done. By the way, good. I'm almost. We can almost talk about it. Almost. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I have. Sarah's begun reading when I watch football. Yeah, sometimes I do. I do that too. Like if sports are on, I'll just read. See, I have a thing. Like this go, went back to college. I have to have like complete silence to read. I do too. I'm not, mm. There's so few moments where of complete silence around my house that I I just get distracted and frustrated. And and I also have the problem that is as soon as I get in bed, I just fall asleep. Like I can't read in bed. That must oh, be yeah. hard. Falling asleep right away when you get, go to bed. Sorry. Yeah, I know. It'd be nice. <laughs> I think my life would be a lot different if I. <laughs> could control the amount of sleep I got by just being able to just, oh, I'm going to go to bed. Try reading a book. <laughs> yeah. I do that. It doesn't work. I have to, I, do, I, I like doing it in the morning because I also need like total silence and. Yeah. He wakes up way before me and reads. So I don't know why we're not more evened out. I don't know. You must just be a slow reader. Anybody Christmas news? Anybody? No. We, yeah, we're we back painted our bathroom. But yeah. What color? Light blue. Drizzle. No. Drizzle. Drizzle. <laughs> Drizzle. That was it. How was your Christmas, Nick? It was very nice. Good. Yeah. Wait, is that it? That's. I forgot more. <laughs> you said it was very nice. No. Uh, yeah. No, it was very nice. Cool. It was good. I won my fantasy football championship yesterday, so you know Ooh. the world is right. The 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 season ended well. 
That's exciting. I know our listeners want to hear all about. Do you Tennessee. win anything? No, just bragging rights. I get okay. a trophy. Okay. okay, a trophy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I know people are are always interested in Chris Johnson, and uh, yes. he was our guest as he's fine great. guest. He's always, always great. He's always he's a great way to kick off the year. He's always good to talk to. Um, he's um, he's much less judgy than everyone else currently in this room. In this room, yes. Oh, you're true. That's right. <laughs> I think that's fair. I've been walking around since he, since he left. I've been breathing nonstop. I <laughs> me I have, too. I've it's been, crazy. Have you, have you breathing from my diaphragm yeah. at night now. When I go yeah, to bed, I, like my gut gets. <sighs> yes. I was like, yeah. It's like, I'm very conscious of my breathing. I've been making sure to get a lot of rest too, because I'm really good at that. And part I'm of eating, it. the resting, the mm-hmm. moving, eating, eating. eating's good. Okay. Well, to eating and resting and moving in the, in 2022, uh, Chris, thanks so much for being with us. And uh, we will talk for, I guess I should say, for Nick and Carly, Joe and Matt. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time on Cold Oatmeal Podcast. <laughs>